the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. And we're back. The time 608. Daisy, I'm going to pick you up in just a second, but I actually want to give a news bulletin for anybody out there that's looking for work and that uh, needs to be gainfully employed. Uh, let me go to line number four and talk with my brother Marlon. Mr. McWilson, are you there? I am. How are you, Pastor Jesse? I'm great, man. Tell us about an opportunity that you shared with me earlier about some work for uh, gainful employment for people that want to make an honest living. What you got going on? So um, I have a company called Bay Area Transport Services, and we are looking to hire um, Class B drivers and some Class C drivers for um, transport of students um, through some of our contracts. And so what we're looking for is drivers who have clean driving records who can go to the DMV and pull their H6, which is their 10-year driving record, um, and then also drivers who are responsible, who are looking for employment, who are reliable, but who also can also, who can also pass um, drug tests, drug and alcohol tests, so that they can actually be um, certified and be one of our drivers that would work. And we probably part-time work that will we'll, we'll go into full-time work when we're starting our drivers off at $17 an hour. Um, you don't have to have your Class B to start initially, but be willing to work toward getting your Class B license with your passenger endorsement, and then you can actually go up to $20 after you pass probationary period mm-hmm. once you've received your Class B licenses. And so um, we're looking for people who are enthusiastic, who are, you know, God-fearing, who want to, do, want to do the right thing, but then also who are willing to work. And so that's the primary focus of what we're doing, so I wanted to share with you um, in, in the listening community, um, because we're actually looking to put people to put people to work in 2018. Absolutely, man. I'll tell you what, I'm very proud of you uh, as I'm getting to know you and, and like, you know, some of the stuff you, you do in the Bay Area, like the uh, Thanksgiving food drive that you guys put on, you know, just it's just been a, it's been cool, man. Ever since I had an opportunity, the honor of, of putting you in the midst of together in marriage and enjoying uh, being up at, at Berkeley and, and all of the, uh, you know, uh, regalia with that me and my wife it was really really cool and now you know seeing how you are giving back to the community man you know the lord bless you in enormously with, with all you endeavor to do uh, this one is cool you're hiring you're called the bay area transport services and ladies and gentlemen uh you know if you if, if you Men or women have a desire to drive locally, small transport, like he, like like Marlon said. Uh, you can work up towards a Class B and a C uh, with a valid driver's license. Uh, it's a matter of character. You got to be clean. Starting out at seventeen dollars an hour, that ain't no joke. And then moving upwards, um, I think this is a great opportunity. Mothers, you might have some sons out there that are looking for work, and you guys know that. So, Marlon, I mean, I got your information, but how can they get a hold of you if they want to? to um, look into this kind of work opportunity? So our phone number is 510-564-5555. Mm-hmm. Again, that's 
5677 and or they can send an email because we would like for them to send if they have a resume and they have right. an H6, a DMV record, um, they can email it to me at bay, B-A-Y, transports, T-R-A-N-S-P-O-R-T-S, with an S at the end, baytransports at gmail.com. Got it. Brother, got it. And I'm, in fact, I'll I'll, I'll uh, repeat it again before the program is over because it's sitting right in front of me, the advertisement. So I'll do that. Listen, man, thanks for the call. And uh, we're looking forward to a positive outcome on this. That's my brother, Marlon. Thanks, Marlon. Let me go to line number one and talk with Daisy in San Jose. Daisy, thank you for your patience. Yes, Pastor. Uh, well, the name is Daisy. It's D-A-C-E. I don't know how he spelled it. Well, that's Okay. I'm not like the little flower. I'm an older woman. Now you know. And, uh, now, now you know, Daisy. Yeah. Now you know you've been doing that all your life, haven't you? Uh, Correcting people on your name. Yes. <laughs> yes. It can be spe- It can be pronounced many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, right, what right. is Daisy? Help me with that as an origin. Uh, it was. It's originally Latvian. Oh, okay. One of the one of the Latvian states. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Okay, what are you ethnically, do you know? How do you mean? I mean, you know, what's your ethnicity? Yeah. Like um are you are you Latino? Are you German? Are you no. um what are you? Just, I always say just an old white woman. I love it. I love just it. A, no, just an old white woman. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I was uh no, no, I'm a former immigrant and so forth. Yeah, I love uh, it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm also an older woman and that was uh you know, we were all displaced uh, right, right. due to the Second World War. Right, right. So that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Long, interesting history. Shh. I'd love, I'd love to, I'd love to hear it sometime. You got yeah. my older brothers and sisters have real, valid stories to tell. Ah, yeah, I know, I know. Listen, I just wanted to say a couple of things here. Mm-hmm. I, uh. uh Due to a lot of uh, dire circumstances, I have suffered from uh, depression and suicide okay. most of my life. Okay. I did call the uh, the prevention hotline yes. last week, etc. Yes. And uh, we had a nice little talk. Okay. In fact, I was connected to Joe. Okay. But uh, he uh, one of the he, one of the things that two of the uh, things. Uh, places where he referred me to in the Bible was Romans 8, okay. all of Romans 8, right. and John 17. Okay. And uh, I have often wondered, because I, I have felt like I've been drawn to, to, to the Lord most of my life, even right. as, as a, because at uh, seven or eight or very young, I was, I was drawn to the Lord. Sure. But, but in, uh, in 28 there, he says, For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Yeah. This according to his purpose has always uh, puzzled me. Right, right. So the verse is packed with love. And, and fundamentally what it means, wow. it's packed with love. And what it means, first and foremost, is that... Um, that God has overseen and determined that everything that goes on in Daisy's life results in her not only 
coming to hear God's specific call to her as John chapter 10, uh, 26, 27 would set forth my sheep hear my voice mm-hmm. and they follow me and I, and I know them and they know me and I call them by name, the earlier parts of John chapter 10. And that's, we know that we know that there is a calling on our life. We know there's a drawing. I mean, every now and then I'm fascinated by looking back and seeing how God dealt with me, Daisy, when I was a little kid and, and all of the kind of crazy stuff I went through that he mm-hmm. kept me in. You know what I mean? Yes. And then and then there comes those real crises in our life at maybe young adulthood or somewhere down the line when when things get real crazy. And there is the epiphany. There's the revelation. There is that 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 moment of illumination of the truth of the gospel of the grace of God in Christ made known to our heart. And we go, aha, that's that's not only what I want. That's that's who I need. I need a savior. I need a savior. I just do. I, I got too many broken areas in my life mm-hmm. for me to believe that I can save myself. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. right, yeah. right, right. Now watch this. <clears throat> then yeah. what God does, then what God does is he shows us by a statement like Romans 28, 828, that what may not be understandable to me about why this happened or that happened or the, because I got a bunch of stuff. I could go, why, 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 why? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> could you? Yes. Right. I got a bunch of stuff. I could go. Why, 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 why? And here's what God says. Save the wise for the day that you actually stand before him, because when we stand before him, we'll have all eternity to have those questions answered. But now I want you to trust me that it's going to all work out to your salvation and my glory. Now, this is why God gives us faith in him. Now, faith, Sister Daisy, is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's the ability for us to close the eyes of our understanding and put our hand in God's hand like a father with a child and let God walk us through this crazy until we end up in his presence. See, in other words, a verse like Romans eight twenty eight really lets us let go of trying to work this thing out in our own wisdom and in our own strength. Because I'm, I can, I can think stuff through. I don't know about you, but I got an imagination that can put some stuff together. Yeah, I can fix stuff, but most of the time, what I fix is is with like duct tape, and then when the wind blows, it falls apart. When I do stuff. But but if God does it, then it's right and it works better for me. But I don't always necessarily understand what he did right there. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, the other thing, too, I think you might agree with this. The other thing, too, because I deal with depression as well. That's only a secret. A few people know um, the depression is something that God allows to stay there in order to keep us near to him. Because he knows that he knows that when we are not um, kind of down a little bit, we can get crazy. Oh yeah! Oh my goodness! Is that true? Uh, absolutely. Just go into total, <laughs> go into horrible despair. Exactly. I I know that the. Uh, it's been said that even the old prophets in the in the Old Testament suffered. 
if you read the same condition, if you read the Psalms carefully, I, I tell our students in Wednesday in the summer, we have a summer Psalms class and I tell them David is one of the most open and candid persons to talk about depression. He, cause he had a lot of it. David had a David had a lot of depression and he spoke to God constantly about his depression. He would talk about listen to this, listen to this. This is concerning David. David says in Psalm 42 verse 5, "Why are you cast down, O my soul?" And why are you shaken up, disquieted, moved in me? He talking to his soul. Do you talk to yourself? I Yes, well, and I I have, uh, all day long. Right. <laughs> now listen, yes, listen yes, to what yes. David said. He said, "Why are you quiet? Why are you disquieted? Why are you unnerved? Why are you troubled? Hope in God." Now he's talking to his soul. He says, "Hope in God, and I'm going to praise God for His help and His countenance." So this is what David learned to do, and he shared it with us. He says, when he goes into these deep, deep despairs, he starts talking to himself as if he's two persons. He starts talking uh, yeah. to himself as if he's as if he's two persons. I um uh yeah uh it oh it's uh, when you said we're, we're going crazy. Mm-hmm. So you're saying because oh I was going to say you know because I have cried out so much yeah. for God to deliver me from right. this. But right. it's still there, and even I'm even under the care of doctors, yep. and I don't do well. With medicines, yeah, and try this and so on and so yeah. forth. Yeah. Maybe low doses of something, yeah. But uh, my whole system goes haywire. Mm-hmm. They start piling on mm-hmm. a ton of medicine. Mm-hmm. But you know this, I I know this this, you know, just, I, I I'm perfectly well aware of you know millions suffer yep from this condition yep. But uh, we so I oh, yeah yeah so he is he's allowing it so we rely heavily upon him yep. Yeah, it's 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 it is so true. It is so true. Now, what I'm going to do, because I got to take a break, I'm way overdue. But what I'm going to do, because there are thousands of people listening and we've got a massive prayer team out there. You guys, Uh her name is Daisy. Now we're going to lift Daisy up to God to give you just a measure of relief as many of us who deal with depression need. We don't need it all together take it away, but sometimes we just need some relief, you know? Mm-hmm. Just to just to be happy for a minute. <laughs> yes. And that's what we're gonna pray for you. And um Oh wonderful. Please call me again in the future. Oh I listen to you every week. Okay. I've been doing this for several years now. Listen. I, and I, I, I love what you say. Thank you. I, I love hearing all of it. You're one of my favorites. It's an honor. It's an honor, my sister. It's an honor. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and you're doing good. You're thank really you. Doing good. Thank you. And it's an honor hearing from you and getting to know you now, my, yeah. fellow, my fellow sister in tribulation. You're not by yourself. <clears throat> That's my understanding. Yeah. Ooh, that's so but good. We, that's so oh, good. We, that's so oh, good. Because oh, 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 Daisy, you know, it's Daisy. A, da- it's a healing thing, and I'm thinking, I feel so horribly guilty because I'm not getting 
better. And oh. I'm thinking there's something wrong with no. me all the time. You're I getting suffer from terrible anxiety. Too. Yeah. No, yes, that's the swing. That's the swing. Listen, I could talk all day long. Oh. That's the swing. That's what we go through. And so um, I'm, I'm praying for you. And then give me a call in the future. Sure will. Blessings. Got to take a break. Let's see. Uh, Kiana and Arbus, you hold on. Two lines open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We are those of us who deal with this kind of stuff. We are cousins to Tarzan. We swing <laughs> when God gives you grace to be able to accept who you are. Um, then He gives you grace to be able to manage it. And operate out of his gifting so you don't scare people to death because we swing like we swing. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. All right. The time is 627. We have a whole half hour to go. Join me. Join me. Join me. Um, Be part of this. Um, Thank God for it. Um, Think about what we are doing, you guys. The blessing of interaction, dialogue, conversation around substantive things. We could be way out on the periphery of stupid talk. We could be engaging in frivolous, empty talk. But opportunities for two hours every Monday to actually press into biblical realities and deal with real life issues um, are so precious. Imagine that not being in your life. So honor God for this moment. Honor God for this opportunity. Please do. Listen uh, uh, listen now again, uh, Daisy, to Psalm 42, verses 1 through 4, that leads up to David's question, why are you cast down on my soul, and why are you disquieted in me? And then I'm going to go to Kiana and Arvis. By the way, two lines are open, one 888 Love to hear from you. David said, as the heart panteth after the water brook, so pants my soul after you. There's the secret to who David is in the core of his being before God, who said he's a man after my own heart. That's the secret. A lot of times we judge people on the outward on the veneer, on the external characteristics and maybe idiosyncrasies of persons, having no idea that the real core attributes that constitutes their ego, their ego, I mean, essence in the sight of God is precious, as was the case with David. David was a mess outwardly. We could talk about it. Not going to do that. David was a mess outwardly, but inwardly, David had a plumb line to God that was so sensitive, a plumb line to God that was so sensitive that David's heart panteth after God. He said, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Verse two, mark this, Daisy. David had absolutely no fear of coming before God, standing before God. Position number one in the fivefold position of marriage, face to face. Coram Deo. He had no fear. He says in verse three, however, my tears have been my meat day and night. There it is. Remember what you were saying? I seem to have been crying out to God, calling on God, praying, praying, praying. So had David. So had David. My tears have been my meat day and night while they continually say unto me, where's my God? I love this. Look at the paradox, ladies and gentlemen. Outwardly, people think David is crazy and that God has left him. 
Inwardly, David is closer to God than all of those people on the outside, mocking him, laughing at him, ridiculing him. Be careful when your enemy fallen, lest the Lord see it and raise him up. Listen to what it says in verse four. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise and with the multitude of them that kept holy day. Do you see what David is longing for? He's longing to be with the people of God and the worship of God and the proclamation of the truth and the preaching of the gospel and the exaltation of Christ and the praise of the people who have been redeemed by his grace. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. David misses that. Why? He's in exile now. He's running now. He's being pursued now like a fugitive by his foes, even his own son, Absalom. David's going through it. And everybody's saying, ah, he's fallen. That's what happens. Be careful, ladies and gentlemen, not to be religious. The master said, judge righteous judgment. Do not judge according to appearance. Do not be quick to judge. Be real slow. Be real slow. Be real slow. Because God protected David. That humble place of depression and anxiety and stress and and discombobulation and and fear and all of that, for for God's elect, it all works together for good. It brings us close. It takes us into the secret place of the Most High God, where we actually find an abiding under the shadow of his wings, a real present help in time of need, a kind of uh, clarity about God's wings overshadowing us, even in our weakness and feebleness and our sinfulness and brokenness, all that. Let me go to line number one and talk again with Kiana and her patience. Kiana, thank you for your patience, and um, how can I help you? Um, Hi, Pastor Jesse. Um, I was calling because um, I've been coming to the church listening listening to the the, the, the series that you've been preaching on honor. You you burying somebody in the background there. You you got some shovel. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you did, did you did you did you did you finally take him on out? And as you shoveling the last few oh. <laughs> specks of dirt, you you hollering that pastor. Is that what you're doing? No, <laughs> I think there's something wrong with my um with my headset. Okay, all on right. My phone. Let okay. me. I can put you on a speaker. And no, you're you're doing better. okay. You're doing okay now. Okay. Right. My question um, about the honor series: Are you going to do like a part where it talks about parents and their children? Absolutely. And if, children honoring their parents because oh. I just think kids nowadays they just out of control and off the hook, and it's like ridiculous. Right. Um, and I wanted to find out like what your thoughts are. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, my parents didn't play. Right. We got whoopings when we needed them. Yeah. And we got discipline when we needed them, needed it. But it just seemed like nowadays kids, even with the discipline, they still want to be disobedient and not listen. Right. We are in an atmosphere with hard. It's very hard. It's very hard for you guys. We are in an era where 
uh, kids are reinforced in their rebellion against their parents in a lot of ways. Of course, I gave a list of about 30 or 40 topics that we're going to be dealing with this year on the subject of honor. And certainly in them is honoring our children by raising them up in the fear and the nurture of the Lord and children honoring their parents. That happens to be the fifth commandment in the Decalogue. As you know, the fifth commandment is very plainly honor your mother and your father that your days may be long upon the earth with the Lord has given you. And if you've been listening to the series, you know, that is by inference what Esther did. She honored her father, right? Right. Right. And so, yeah, we, we've got targeted. <laughs> I got to deal with our teens and our youth about that because we want them to have the best life. And it can never happen. It can never happen if they think that they can get away with rebellion and obstinacy and disobedience to their parents. It never works out that way. So we will certainly be addressing the blessing of obedience to our parents because God has placed them into our, our lives. So what you stress with over there yes you know just dealing with my my son david he's still a little boy and my parents was you know they were talking about me about how to deal with him yeah and i have to remember that he's just a 10 year old boy he might not he's advanced but not as advanced as i would think because sometimes i overthink things right right because the the schools and stuff they i just feel like in certain areas, they just give kids a lot of freedom that they don't really need. Right, right. And then I try to apply it across the board when I really can't. Yep, yep. Because they, the maturity is not there. And then society puts so much emphasis on, like, making kids be more than they what they really are in the moment. Agreed. Like, it's kids doing stuff, and I'm just like, okay, if I ever did that at your age... You know, I would have got knocked out or I would have got a whooping or I would have got beat down and it would have been the end of it. That's right. Is the way they talk to their parents, the way kids talk to other adults. And it's just something I don't want my child, you know, mimicking. And I tell my son, a lot of kids that I grew up with, they didn't make it to 18. 100 percent. They all they all did. What you do, I told them they not, they all did. Nobody could tell them nothing. Right. What you do is you continue. I mean, he's old enough now for you to talk to him with some um, candor about people that we know growing up that couldn't no one tell them anything and the 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 very harmful outcome he's not going to hear it as much right now because at 10 years old um he's delusional like i had said yesterday kids at home um, are delusional when they think that they can act grown when there's nothing grown about them um but you are in a precarious situation, young lady, because uh, raising a boy, um, your boy is a uh, he's a monkey about to turn into a gorilla. Now, don't get that mis don't get that twisted. Um, I, it's right. just it's just it's just a it's a power thing and it's a nature thing. And I tell all of my sisters that you're going to have to be ready to deal with the strong willed um, sort of pushing up against you attitude that these boys 
uh, show towards their mom, uh, and they often show it towards their mom because they're not scared of the gorilla dad in the house, and this is where dads have to be a gorilla before the boys become a gorilla so that the monkey can fear the gorilla and reverence the gorilla and to honor the gorilla and and definitely never, ever cross the line with mama. I just, I never went through it. I never went for that. My kids... Um, they could have their issues with me, but they they could never, ever once uh, start ramping up against their mother. It's just I got two boys. They're both bigger than me, but it would the world would end if they were to get out of line with their mother because you guys play too significant a role in their in their life. And your your son has to know, uh, begin to develop a knowledge of boundaries when it comes to uh, not paying attention to you. Not you know, I want to encourage you to be. Um, to to be um, a little bit more patient with him because in all likelihood he he he's going to be a fine young man um, in in a few years, but it's it's going to take a little time. Just say the exact same. Well, dad just said the exact same thing you said. That's so funny. Well, you got a smart dad, girl, because he knows. Yep, he knows. Um, yeah, and he's been talking to him too. You know, he's been telling them too. Like, you got to do what your mom tells you. You have to obey. I mean, because yep. I tell my child, I said, if you can't obey your parents in the household or your mom in the household, how you going to obey the laws of the land? That's where the you practice can't. comes in. You know, that's that, right. and that's where everything starts going sideways. That's you know, exactly people right. end up in these positions and people getting shot by the cops and people doing this, people doing this, and all this stupid stuff happening. But it's like, okay, well, where was the boundary set when they was a kid? Where was the discipline? Mm hmm. That's it. Where was the follow through? If you're not going to do all that, then you're going to have some problems. And right. I do my best to do that. Right. Like, I don't let him have the phones and all that stuff. You right. need to be focusing on school, not having these phones and not Ooh. being like everybody else. Ooh, girl, I honor you. People, I honor you because. I, mean, I got it from my parents. Right. There's a lot of things they would not let me do. But I used to be so <laughs> mad. And now I look back, I was like, you didn't need to do that. Exactly. No, you're doing good. Well, see, uh, you're affirming uh, You're affirming everything I've been teaching. It, it starts um, at home. If we get it good at home, it's in our system, whether we know it or not. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of times our kids will grow up and they'll, they'll not like what we did. But the next thing you know, they're doing exactly the same thing we did <laughs> and teaching them the right thing. And so you keep doing what you're doing. Give me your son's name. Oh, it's David. He he called you about the shark. Ah, I love it. <laughs> I I love it. So we're gonna. I mean, and he and he do listen to you. And we course. do. We've been coming to your church since he was two. So good, good. So it's I, just like uh, you know, it's just it's just different stages and different processes. And you know, he a good boy. I just want him to grow up in Christ. You know. You know what? There is no father in the house, but I'm doing everything that I can. To, you know what? D- does he have a Does he have a father? Not that's not involved. Okay, my dad is involved. That's my right, brother. He that's got a, right. He got a volunteer big brother. That's right. All that's going to listen. Like a whole year. All that's so going to work. Doing good. All that's going to work. Yeah. All that's going to pay off. He got he got mentors. He got mm-hmm. all that stuff. Because I'm not, I'm not trying to be like a lot of mothers that have guys and different men in and out their kids. Like that stuff is it, it don't serve your child. Preach it, girl. Preach it. It cause problems. Preach it. Preach it. I just don't want to make the same mistakes that I've seen other people make. I got you. Because at the end of the day, you got to deal with the consequences of the seeds that you sold. And I don't I don't want to, I don't, I seen the harvest on them seeds. I don't want that. That's exactly right. Them, them, them harvesters. Good luck chopping them down. That's right. That's right. It's too late. You know, so. That's right. Listen. Yeah, but we definitely going to keep coming. And I just can't wait till you get to the part about the, about the children. (laughs) Because I even, 
I mean, because even as a grown-up, you still got to honor your parents. That's right. what people forget, too. That's right. Uh, you know you I'm laying that up. parents uh, as a grown-up. That's right. If you want God's blessings, you 100, if you want God's blessings, you got to keep the honor principle no matter what, no matter what, because it all leads to God. Exactly. Bless you. Bless you, girl. I got to take a break. Way overdue. Kicking it with Kiana, but she had hung out for 30 minutes. Arbus? And Sally, we'll wrap this thing up. I'll be right back. And now, back to Lifeline with Jesse Gistand. All right, we're back. The time 646 on this beautiful Monday evening. Let me go to line two and talk with Arbus in Oakland. Arbus, what is your question, comment, or observation? How are you today? Hi, Pastor Jesse. How are you? I'm good. What's up? That's good. Um, I was calling um, the young lady. She called in earlier, and she was talking about her her job mm-hmm. and how she wasn't able to get the job. And then she, she was saying how, um, Christ is her, is her husband. Yeah. And so it sparked the question in my mind that I have been thinking about. Um, so when you come into the realization that Jesus is your true husband and that, um, your ultimate relationship is with him, like how do how do you, okay. So if you, so suppose you enter into a marriage. How do you bal- how do you balance the two? Um, I don't know if I'm saying it the right way. Like because Christ really is our our true husband, and like we're supposed to have a strong relationship with Him, yeah. and we're waiting to for Him to come and get us so that um, our marriage can be consummated. But where does that re- um, how how does the natural relationship come into play? Right. Well, what I love about the the dilemma of the Christian relative to this topic, this is why I was saying earlier in our opening monologue that the next rules of engagement class. Have you been been to any of those classes, Arbus? Mm -hmm, The last one. Yeah. So in our next rules of engagement class, it's entitled Just the Three of Us. It's a play on Just the Two of Us, um, Bill Withers song. And the whole point of that series will be understanding marriage uh, from a trifle relationship and that trifle relationship is that both believers, male and female are married to Christ. That means the same dilemma that you have with being married to Jesus would be the dilemma that your husband would have if he's a saved man. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Right. So we both have to negotiate loving our heavenly husband while um, while engaging in the horizontal relationship of me being a husband and her being a wife or you being a wife and your husband being the husband. Now what we have to do is take our roles and subsume them under the headship of Christ and obey him. And what he's going to tell you is to be the best wife you can be to him, that is Jesus, and to your husband whoever that's going to be. You're going to have to negotiate the vertical and the horizontal as a godly woman so that the Lord Jesus is pleased and your husband is pleased. Now that's a strategy that's doable because of the resources that God gives you. And your husband is going to have to do the same thing. So we're both under the Lordship of Christ and Christ will tell me, Arbus, to love my wife sacrificially and operate out of biblical manhood the way the Bible calls me to, not the world, the Bible. And that is to provide for her, to protect her, 
and to nurture her in her calling. So one of the struggles we have in biblical marriages today, in my opinion, is that we have to be taught our roles as a woman and as a man. We don't just get to build a designer marriage the way we want to. We really do have to strive to affect the image of Christ in the church in our homes. Where that's missing, we end up, you know, destroying the marriage, to be to be honest. So the man that you want to marry, you want to know what Christ requires of him, just like he'll want to know what Christ requires of you. And then all we can do from there is to walk with Christ so that we can walk with each other in a way that God can use us to bless people when they watch us struggle through life as a couple. Okay. Does that make sense? It, um, it, it does. It makes a lot of sense because I was like, okay, so I used to hear people say all the time, I used to hear my mom say, oh, the Lord is my husband, and I would really struggle with that. Yeah. But then it's like once you come into the knowledge of Christ and you, um, God begins to teach you, then you really see that he really is your true husband. He's the one that redeems you. He enters into a contract with you, and we're waiting to go back with him. Yeah. But now I'm like, okay, well then if he's my true husband and my, um, you know how you were saying the scriptures um, earlier, my um, heart panted, uh, my, my soul panted after thee. Yeah. That's like the same kind of thing that you would, you would have that love for your earthly husband. Are you, but so the confusion. let me help you girl. <laughs> let me help you. <laughs> And then I would go to Sally. This is so good. This is really good. Because, see, now I know that Karina is listening. So, Karina, you started this. That's our sister earlier. (laughs) Now, there's a lot of sisters out there. I could actually do a show on this one. Uh, A lot of the sisters out there that listen to Pastor Jesse who are single and know exactly this unique place of being single and in love with Jesus. Okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, Karina is just about, not totally, but just about writing off that second husband. She, <laughs> she's young enough for him, I can tell you, but she's just about writing him off. That's what a satisfying relationship with Christ can begin to do. It can begin to make whether or not being married to another man is even an option. That can happen. Because um, of a number of things. With her, she's she is so acute, so smart. I've talked to her before. She's working through re- repairing her own heart in relationship to her dad. And I fully understand that uh, from the standpoint of a pastor and, and a father. And she knows that if she were to enter into a relationship with a man and still has all this stuff going on over there, She's just going to make that man miserable and and he's going to make he's going to end up making her miserable or it's not going to last because of that that connecting factor between the past and the future. She understands that she's smart enough to know that her deepest needs right now cannot be met by that brother. So she doesn't even really go there. 
She just is settling right now with her walk with, with God and her husband being Christ and, 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 and working through the process of healing in terms of him developing her character and giving her more uh, perseverance and patience and perspective. And then all, ultimately, because she's waiting on promotion, too, there are temporary promotions in this life that God brings us to, but we've got to wait on them and prepare for them. And I know you know that as well. But can I stop? Can I interject real sure. quick, though? Okay, so, but she is, because of the things that she's gone through, she said, I don't want the physical husband. But God is sovereign. And what if God is saying, like, okay, you may be saying no to it right now, but this is what, I, what I've called you into. Um, it doesn't work to, like that. No? No, so I'm going to help you with that briefly. Okay. Right. So God doesn't uh, give you... Um, a passion and disposition for him um, with uh, with an earthly marriage being merely an option, an optional thing. And here's the reason why marriage is a gift and the mm-hmm. single status is a gift, too. That's one area I need to actually start bringing more leverage in when we're talking about marriage. First Corinthians mm-hmm. chapter seven says that the single status is a gift. And some people who are single come to discover that even though they may not articulate it as fully and as decisively as some uh, as as they could. In reality, they are finding Arbus, they are finding that measure of grace that God gives them to be single in a way where they are not longing for marriage. Some other mm-hmm. persons are longing for marriage, which means they don't have the gift of singleness. We've talked about this. You can hear this in our First Corinthians 7 study that's on our Wednesday night study class. We've gone into this in depth on the Wednesday night study class, First Corinthians chapter 7. If you want to hear it, we I taught it and then a couple of the other guys taught it as well. That there is a gift of singleness that we are given that allows us to live comfortably without that earthly mate. And when you have that gift, God is not mitigating or pressing over that, conflicting that gift with the idea of, no, I want you to do this. If he wanted you to have a husband, he would facilitate that desire. It would increase. And then preparation for that process needs to be engaged. But if you find yourself, that's why I want you to read first Corinthians seven. Paul said, if you're comfortable in that single status, you are blessed because the only person you have to please is the Lord. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want you to read that chapter. Okay. Um, and then we'll have more about this conversation, I'm sure, in the yeah. future. Yeah, because I was like, I'm like, okay, but you know, you know how the mind is. It's like, okay, but she may not want that, but what if, you know. But so I'm going to say it again. You help, me to, you help me to understand. Right. God gives us our desires. Got it. All right. Bless you. Thanks. All right. I'll take Sally on last one uh, on the first line so we can close it down. Sally, how are you today? Oh, Jesse, where do you start? Uh, I I really appreciated what you were talking about this morning, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this uh, noontime on KFX. Okay. Uh, we save so much trouble for our kids if we know the Word of God and we know God's love and we know all of his attributes or are beginning to understand them and learn them, and we teach our kids to speak simply, and yes and yes and no is no. Right. And and the speech, if you can teach your children to speak, you know, like, like Proverbs does, yep. like uh, yep. 
when you, if you're a Bible believer and you teach your kids to talk with good sense and simply, then they don't have to relearn the excuse the expression, the crap they pick up on the street. It's so true. And God means for us to help our kids circumvent crazy out there by the parents spending these 18 years um, and, and at least the first 12 teaching our kids how to think biblically and how to talk concisely. Um, the most advantaged kids in the world will be kids who who learn God's wisdom. And, and I, I can hear you again resonating from the Proverbs. Uh, the Proverbs are very clear about few words and and, and concise words. Proverbs 15 is filled with it. Um, a wise man uh, speaks with prudent words, and even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. And so discretion and calculated thought and learning how to speak clearly and concisely is really the way we should be tra- training our children, or else their mouth is simply going to be a uncontrolled faucet that allows the 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 foolishness that's bound in the heart to run out, and that that spells trouble for all of us. And Darcy, I wish I could give her a hug. Me too. Well, you can. She and others all over the world now are going through. They don't have a stable family. They don't have stable jobs. They don't have stable homes. And and I'm so glad for radio that goes out to help these people that are teaching the Bible because. In our country, we have no excuse to go through the troubles we do when we have the Bible. If we could teach our kids when they're seven years old to honor God and honor the Lord Jesus and to honor our parents uh, and and to learn Scripture and to learn how to sing uh, praises to God, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. uh, Bless you. Bless you. She told the truth. Amen. We'll talk to you guys next week, Laura Willing. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Media Group, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.